0: Hi everyone. Welcome to CIO Leadership Live. I'm Kirat Attar, Content Strategist at Foundry and I will be your host for this episode. Our guest for today is Kirti Patal, CTO of Kotak Mahindra Life Insurance Company. Kirti, welcome to this edition of CIO Leadership Live. It's a pleasure to have you with us.
1: Thank you, Kirat. Pleasure is mine.
0: Thank you. Kirti, let's get right into it. Uh, Tell us briefly about Kotak Mahindra Life Insurance and your role and responsibility as CTO of the organization.
1: So Kodak Mahindra Life Insurance is one of the fastest growing insurance companies in India, covering over five crore lives. Customer first has always been the byword that we live by. Keeping this in mind and the evolving customer needs, we have curated life insurance products catering to the diverse needs of our customers. Recognized as having the highest professional standards, we have developed a culture that encourages our employees to innovate, experiment and try out new things without fear of failure and strive for improvement. Every achievement at Kotak Life becomes a milestone for the next level of performance. This is Kotic Life uh, Kirat. I handle uh, technology and digital at Kotic Life and as, uh, as the Chief Technology and Digital Officer, my role is to ensure that the Uh, Technology is not only an enabler, but a driving force for the company uh, and helps the company charter its growth plans.
0: Thank you, Kirti, for that wonderful response. You highlighted some key points here. Tech and digital, which which is your domain. I hope we'll be able to get into it as the interview progresses. Uh, You know, given that Kotak Mahindra is a life insurance company, your customers have entrusted you with invaluable personal and financial information. Tell us what goes into building robust data management and data protection structures that keep this data secure yet accessible. And if you could highlight how you're using cloud management systems in this.
1: So that's a great question, Kirat. So insurance is really all about trust. Okay, So customers impose their trust in a life insurance company. And today with the digitization that has happened all across, trust is really digital. Uh, So security first is the mantra that we adopt everywhere in coded life. Uh, So we believe that we are custodians of uh, uh, not only customers' money, but also of customers' data. And how how do we really protect it? Uh, And how should one protect it? So it is is important to have a robust data governance framework. So what we do in that framework is first, we, we, we define what is sensitive data. We understand how, what is the life cycle of the data? How the data, where does it come from? Where is it used? Where does it uh, end? Having done that, we we give access to this data only to those who really need to have access to that data. Once identified who needs to have access, we build very, very strong and robust access control mechanisms of course we can't do this for all kind of data kirat so we also classify the data into what is sensitive what is uh, critical what 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 is public and for sensitive critical data we we have implemented very strong processes so that so that we ensure adherence and compliance uh to to not only from a customer point of view but also from a regulatory point of view from a technology point of view we ensure that The data is encrypted, masked when it is at rest so that it cannot be misused. Uh, This is a very important element and uh, given the fact that uh, the DPDP Act Act has been enforced, uh, I think the focus will be more and more on data and like us, other other custodians of data will, will make their data management processes very robust.
0: Makes a lot of sense Kirti, thanks for that response. Because I think the second
1: question you asked was about the cloud management systems. Yes, I could highlight that. Yeah. So for us, the cloud strategy has always been workload based, Kirat. So we never have adopted a lift and shift strategy. So only those workloads which really move to the cloud, we we take to the cloud. For example, those where where predominant users are either customers or outside of, of Kodak Life, that's one, where there is a need to have that kind of a scalability and resilience, or well, where, where we really want to inter, integrate and interconnect with, with the ecosystem, or there are only some, some tools that are available in the cloud, only those workloads we take to the cloud. And how do we ensure the data management in the cloud? I think it's for us to do that, Kirat, right? Though it is the cloud, it is, we are custodians of data. So we pretty much do everything that we do uh, to the data on the cloud, that we do for data on premises. And I mentioned a lot of things in uh, earlier. All those apply. But in addition to that, we also look at the cloud posture management. because. Uh, cloud in the cloud you know that it's very easy to configure stuff so we ensure that in real time basis we check the posture so that we ensure that whatever is on the cloud is secure we also have implemented tools to to check uh, the security aspects of infra as a code or third party software api security web application security all that is that is done uh, in a more rigorous manner when we talk about the cloud mm. So net-net, whether the data is on-prem or on the cloud, we really have to ensure that we protect because we are custodians of the customer's trust and the customer's data.
0: Thank you, Kirti. Thank you for highlighting the nuanced approach that your organization is taking because you're right, there cannot be a blanket approach to things. You need to check the usability and who needs to have access and who doesn't and take decisions likewise. Uh, Moving from data to how you maybe use this data, Uh, because you have a vast base of customers, like you mentioned about 5 crore lives, uh, you know, are invested with you, which means that financial advice needs to be customized to this customer base, their financial goals and liabilities, maybe their economic standing. How are you leveraging analytics for personalized offerings, accurate risk, risk assessment, and insurance products that will effectively serve your customers?
1: So, that's a great question again, Kirat. And data, if you don't use it properly, then it is really of no use. And we use data very, very extensively in, in many of the areas that, that you mentioned and many more also. Uh, and today, this is the age where every customer really wants personalized offers and personalized propositions. Uh, so, using the data, uh, we we have uh, created personalized offerings. We call them PASA, which is pre approved, some assured. So, based on the demographic profile of a customer, or uh, or the behavior of the customer, be it uh, throughout the life cycle of the uh, product that uh, she has already purchased, uh, we identify that what could be uh, an approved offer say for a Kirat, okay? Because we know Kirat well, uh, we know her uh, financial health, we know her medical health, we know her her behavior with us, so we curate a customized offering for such such customers, and that is available uh, to our distribution to to offer to the customer. So personalized offerings are there using very robust uh, data analytics. Apart from that, we use uh, predictive models in in risk assessment. See, at the end of the day, uh, insurance is all about uh, risk assessment and risk management, and there are many, many use cases. So we use uh, predictive models to to assist in the uh, assessment of persistency risk. Uh, Persistency means whether the customer uh, will stay with us throughout the life cycle of the product. Our products are tenured products, long-term products, 10 years, 15 years, 20 years. So it is in the interest of the customer to remain invested throughout throughout the tenure of the product. And it's also uh, beneficial to, to us as an insurer. So we do look at data, and we assess uh, uh how, what is going to be the persistency of of all types of customers by product by geography individually also so that we are able to guide the customer to remain invested and uh, and get the benefit of an insurance product so that's the first predictive model that uh, that uh, that we have the other one is claims right because at the end of the day uh, we are here to play, uh, pay claims but we also need to look at the uh, risk of fraudulent uh uh, claims. And, and we use a, da- a lot of data and we have been, been in this business for more than 20 years. So along with 5 crore lives, we have rich data of, of 20 years. So we also have built pr- a predictive uh, models to assess the claims risk. And all this actually feeds in into our underwriting decision making. Uh, so at the point of sale, all this data is made available to the underwriter. So basis the experience of the cohort of customers, underwriters are able to take meaningful decisions Uh, So they are able to assess the risk of a new customer at the point of sale. So that's from a risk assessment point of view. But we also use uh, data and analytics to help us in our process efficiency. Uh, For example, we we use a lot of uh, analytics, and this is the kind of claim that comes to us. Uh, There's a model which runs, and and we have built straight through processing for claims, especially for our uh, microfinance customers, the MFI customers, as we call them, so that the experience of claims is, is good. We are able to turn it around in a couple of hours. We also use a lot of data and analytics uh, in our servicing side. Uh, so whenever a customer uh, reaches to us, uh, could be for change of address, could be for change of nominee, uh, we look at the data, we assess the risk. And if if the, if the risk in that particular process or the request that the customer has come to us with is, is minimal, then again, we go for straight through processing so that we are able to turn around the service request very, very quickly. So like I said, analytics used for uh, new personalized offerings in risk assessment and also to improve efficiency uh, of our processes.
0: uh, That's great, thank you so much for laying it out like that so so clearly and it's so great to know that you're using analytics to keep your customers at the center of what you do. Uh, I think that's also something that people are expecting more and more as they've become more financially literate. I think we're in a time where Indians are increasingly more financially aware than maybe they were a couple of decades ago and that's my next question actually. Because now people are exploring life insurance options because they want to be financially secure into the sunset years of their life. But the competition in the market is very fierce. So what role does technology play in customer acquisition, maybe, for Kotak Mahindra Life Insurance? And how do you align technology with the business strategies in this regard?
1: technology is technology is an integral part of everything that we do and definitely an integral part of, of uh, the customer acquisition uh, processes. Our purchase and service, both the journeys are 100% digital. Okay? So without, without that, I mean, we, we our distribution folks are not able to acquire a customer. And what role does technology play in this uh, digital process? So we have done very, very deep integration uh, with partners and with, with the ecosystem. Uh, for example, uh, uh, we have uh, integrated with the credit bureaus. We have integrated with IIB, which is the uh, insurance bureau, uh, to be able to get financial information of the customer so that the financial underwriting is easy. So customer doesn't have to provide all these documents to us. So CKYC, EKYC, uh, integration is available. With the, C-K-Y-C, with the CKYC registry or with Aadhaar, so that the KYC is is also completely digital. We have integration with NSDL for PAN verification. So demographic, KYC, financial underwriting, also we have integrated with with the ecosystem. Uh, We have also integrated now with the account aggregators uh, so that the financial information is easily available. And of course, like everybody, we have integrated with multiple payment gateways. But we also use technology to... Uh, to assess uh, uh, the health of the customer uh, 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 to an extent, and large part, therefore, of our medical underwriting is happening through technology. So like I said, without this, uh, today processing will be impossible, and we will not be able to give the experience to the customer that the experience really wants. So technology is integral to the acquisition uh, process. Mm, The next question that you asked, I think, was about how do we align... Uh, are the technology business with strategies. the business yeah. strategy, right? Yeah. So all the technology implementations that we do are use case based. We implement technology to solve real world business challenges only. So for us technology, for the sake of technology doesn't work, right? So it always has to go hand in hand with what the business wants. And business strategy is completely uh, uh, so technology strategy is completely aligned with, with business strategy. In many cases, the business wants to implement something, they will first, uh, I mean, we, they will reach out to us and both of us will jointly work with. because without without a particular technology in place, some of the business strategic decisions or business models will just not work. And many cases, I mean, whenever, whatever we do, we are always aligned. I'll give you some examples of some of the business decisions that we took where technology has absolutely been uh, tightly coupled, okay? So we have launched some specific products for certain customer segments. So for example, we launched a product uh, called Protect India, which is for for the young generation. And young generation, you know how it is. They want small size products, simple journeys. And without technology, this would just not have been possible, right? So the technology that we implemented, without which the business strategy would not have worked. We also have a lot of bite-sized products available in the purchase journey. which is which is the demand demand of the business so to conclude without without alignment uh, technology should not exist in in any enterprise and definitely not does not in product life
0: thank you i like uh, i like how fixed of uh, you know agenda you are on that the technology and business if they are siloed then I, then the business isn't really working they're not in alignment uh, speaking of technology, I want to move towards technologies that has got that's on everyone's mind. It's emerging technologies like artificial intelligence and machine learning. I'm sure you knew that's where I was going. Uh, they're revolutionising industries uh, with the array of applications that they're useful for. How is Kotak Mahindra leveraging these emerging technologies to augment customer experience, maybe augment employee experience, and bring more sophistication in your offered services? And I'd like to tack on to that, is there a concern that AI could oust human talent or, you know, reduce our you know, need for them? And how do you tackle this?
1: Yeah, the second question is interesting, but I'll first answer the first one. Uh, so we started our AI ML journey some time back and we started with, uh, this was before the Gen AI. Okay, uh, So we started with uh, conversational AI and we use a lot of conversational AI uh for for servicing. Okay, it's on the web, it's on WhatsApp, it's on every channel uh, that that is that is available to the customers. Uh, it is also available in vernacular today. And what has that done uh, is that not only it has has it freed up the bandwidth of the uh, contact center agents to handle more complex problems of the customers, but the customer is just able to get get service at her convenience whenever she wants it in the language that she is comfortable with and you know how whatsapp is uh, kirat right very easy to use i mean mm-hmm. uh, and many of our customers would hesitate to go to a portal but but they just took took to this uh, very very quickly and and happy to say that many of these uh, ai based initiatives have helped us really improve our nps the other interesting use case of ai that we implemented some time back was uh, to check the liveliness of of the customer, and we sell a lot of annuity products, pension products, and uh, because these are long tenured products, where we uh, every ev- every once in a while it could be monthly or annually, we we make the payout to the annuitant. So the the customer has to say that hey, I am alive. Only then we can make the payment. And earlier, the customers would have to walk into our branch, and typically they would be senior citizens who who opt for uh, such uh, products. They would have to come to a branch and give a declaration. Uh, So we we are using AI for that. So what the customer really has to do is just click a selfie and send the selfie to us. And the AI algorithm actually checks whether this selfie belongs to, say, Kirat and whether whether that person is alive. And this has really changed the game for the neutrons. It is just with the click of, of a button that they are able to give the declaration digitally to us. We also use face match and liveliness check for detecting frauds in our uh, online channel. Uh, And so that also helps in risk assessment. We use uh, OCR, uh, AI, to identify data from content, be it for KYC, be it for Aadhaar masking. So many use cases here. Use, uh, we've started using uh, uh, AI also in the IT operations and in the cybersecurity space. So while that is not really directly customer facing, but I see a lot of use cases there. And that's 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 the area where we will see uh, more and more AI also being used. So a lot of use cases, we keep, keep keep evaluating and we keep working on it. Now coming to your next question i think uh, we should not be concerned about whether whether ai or any technology is really going to oust human talent okay i think technology no matter how outstanding it is really needs humans to steer it in the right direction Absolutely. we all know that we are as good as dead if we don't have there is no tech intervention but to consider technology as a threat i think it is it is kind of absurd okay technology helps us to propel To reach our goals uh, easily, I think, uh, uh, so we we need not fear. But what we need to do is that we need, we can up our skills, we can do more things in the shortest possible time, courtesy AI. So I think let us embrace this technology, make it our buddy rather than fearing it. I think and and these are absolutely interesting times, Kirat. So let's maximize our skill sets and make ourselves more and more relevant, rather than being afraid of, of, of this.
0: That's very well put, Kirti, and I completely agree with uh, what you just said. Uh, that's my. I'm coming to my final question. Uh, I was doing a little bit of research, and uh, you've been with Kotak Mahindra Life Insurance since 2003. Yes. I'll complete
1: 20 years very soon.
0: That's amazing. Congratulations. Thank uh, you. Uh, I In the description about you, it said that you have been an early adopter of several cutting-edge technologies in, for your organization like data center and hyper-converged infrastructure. Uh, so you, I'm assuming you have a good sense of what the next big thing is even before the next big thing becomes that touted thing in the market. So what, according to you, is the next big thing in technology that you would place your bets on and, Is is there a way you already have a plan of how you would like to uh, incorporate it within your organization?
1: So, of course, uh, so, of course, Gen AI. And I'm not saying this because because of the hype around it, but that is really, really going to be a game changer. Uh, It is maturing. uh, mm, but but there are already a few use cases that we have in mind. Have, have we started using it? The answer is no, but I, I think the potential is phenomenal. And I can tell you where it could be used uh, uh, and what are, where we are exploring it. So life insurance products are really very, very complex. And whenever a customer reaches out to, say, our uh, contact center agent and has a query, uh, then, for the agent to be able to to go through the product literature and be able to uh, to answer back to the customer is is quite a challenge, and that's I think uh, an area that that we we feel that Gen AI could help us because there are multiple brochures with with complex uh, insurance terminologies, and Gen AI perhaps could help our agents. The other thing is the policy documents that are sent to the customers are very very uh, one very complex and we uh, have to be personalized so can Gen AI be used to create those those documents, is something that from a customer point of view, these are two use cases that we have identified and we are are working uh, with uh, with some of our partners to see how how we take them forward. But I think that uh, this technology has great use cases in technology itself and in coding, right? 80% 80% of your code could be written by, by, by a bot and then, then you only only review it and, and that's a wonderful use case there. The productivity of the developers would just grow up phenomenally. In IT operations, like I mentioned earlier, to answer user queries, uh, uh, it could be used in cybersecurity and we, we have a use case that we are working on as to how, how do we assess cybersecurity using Gen AI. So I think that is one technology that I am betting on and not because of the hype, but I really believe that, that that there are very great use cases. The second technology that I would bet on is not really a new new technology, but I think the use cases are are very very promising, and that is the three V's, which is video, voice, and vernacular. And this will become more and more relevant because when we talk of five G and when we when we talk about the reach of uh, availability of good network at uh, in tier two, tier three cities, then these technologies could be used very, very uh, widely. Uh, and and as uh, as uh, the regulator has a uh, mission of insurance for all by twenty forty seven, we absolutely have to reach the tier three and tier four cities. And while they are all digitally savvy, but what the, what are they savvy with is perhaps OTT and WhatsApp, right? But they are very comfortable comfortable with voice, Kirat. So if we embed voice, and if there's a combination of AI into voice and video and combined with vernacular, I think uh, that will, would really be a game changer uh, because voice can can be easily used by them rather than, than uh, typing out something on a WhatsApp. So I think these are the two things that I'm betting on. And uh, uh, hopefully what I say comes true. Maybe we talk next year and figure out whether it really will happen that way.
0: Yes, I think we can uh, check our predictive, the predictive powers of this conversation, maybe with a follow-up chat next year. Uh, Kirti, that brings me to the end of this episode of uh, CIO Leadership Live. I'd like to take this opportunity to thank you for being so candid with your thoughts, for being so open about all of the processes and the technologies that you are working towards. It's uh, wonderful to see how much customer ease and user friendliness is at the center of everything you do, that they might not be tech savvy, that they might belong to tier three or tier four cities, that they might be belonging to a younger generation that doesn't understand finance, but they want to do well in the space anyway. Uh, I think it just means that your five crore and counting customers are in very good hands. And this has been a very enlightening conversation.
1: Thank you so much, Kirat. Thank you for having me here. It was a pleasure talking to you.
0: Thank you so much. And thank you to all our uh, viewers for watching. Until next time, this is Kirat signing off from CIO Leadership Live.